0: Hello. Hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Date Night at the Coffee Shop podcast. Um, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we're just glad to have you guys on our date with us uh, today. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about um, a pretty tasty topic. Um, Mm -hmm. Talking about chocolate, um, how it's made, where it comes from, um, what you can do with it, stuff like that. Um, We're pretty excited about this one. We're both pretty avid chocolate lovers. Um, for those of you that don't uh, really know what the podcast is about, uh, what we do is every episode we'll take a, a random topic that we're interested in and just kind of talk about it for a while. Um, and then at the beginning of each episode, we'll also try um, try a new coffee um, or some sort of coffee drink. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a new coffee per se today. Um, we actually have a coffee that we've had before, which is the Lavazza Super Crema. Um, we tried which it. Which is
1: our regular drinking. Yeah, coffee.
0: this is our regular drinking coffee, but we've added a little something extra to it yeah, for this yeah. episode. Um, for this one, we all, we brewed the coffee with uh, ground up cacao nibs, um, which is you'll, we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, so we have
1: made choffee.
0: Choffee, yeah, chocolate coffee. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and try this. So we just ground them up, mixed them in with the regular coffee grounds, and then just brewed it normally. Um. After that, in a in a pour over, um. So I'm excited. I can't really, I can't really smell much of a difference, but I'm excited to see what this does to the flavor. Yeah,
1: so. I'm assuming it'll be a little bit more bitter. That's kind of my assumption.
0: Possibly. I'm hoping we get a lot more chocolate notes though.
1: Yeah. All right. Here we go. Mmm. That's good. But, that is good. But I I don't taste a whole lot more chocolate than I would normally.
0: I do, um, just because this coffee doesn't have a lot of chocolate notes to it as much. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would I want to try it with half and half next, like half cacao nibs and half coffee. Yeah,
0: I think with more cacao nibs. I only did maybe, not even probably a third.
1: Yeah. Of cacao, but it's nibs. good.
0: Um, but yeah, it, it is. Good. It is. It is really good. It's still pretty smooth. Um, it doesn't really like no
1: no bitterness. Like there's not an added bitterness from the cacao. Like I. Or cocoa no lemon. it's, it's, like it's not any lemon. more
0: bitter um, it's it's pretty smooth it's, it's good but, add, you know, it does add some chocolate notes there I think with some more would be even better yeah we'll I think
1: I think it's a little bit smoother because of the cocoa butter on that are, that's on the nibs possibly I think it's a little bit smoother because there's a little bit of added fat in the in the coffee already right so that's cool
0: that makes sense uh, but yeah so again our, our topic today um, is chocolate so we're going to go a little bit more into you know, what these cacao nibs actually are and stuff like that. So basically, I mean, spoiler alert, that's what you make chocolate from. Yep. But we're going to go into how that's done. Um. So yeah, let's talk about, Hold let's on. talk about chocolate. Tell me about it.
1: Hold on to your butts. Let's get started. Okay. So chocolate is made from the fruit of the cacao tree. They're native to Central and South America. Um, so the cacao tree only bears fruit inside the band of 20 degrees north and 20 degrees south of the equator.
0: So only in like that one small Mm -hmm. area all over. So, wow. Yep. I I mean, I knew that like not many places actually grew it, but I didn't realize that it could only be grown grown in like that. Yeah. And I wonder if it's finicky. Is it just the temperature?
1: Um, No, it's more than that. I mean, yes, that's why inside that band. But even within that band of the tropics, the tree will not grow if the altitude is so high that results in temperatures below 60 degrees Fahrenheit. It also needs hmm. year-round moisture, so it's a combination of like humidity, right.
0: sunlight,
1: like temperature, all that stuff.
0: That's so great for the rainforest.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so poor cro- growing conditions make it even more susceptible to a multitude of diseases. It's like very, like I said, very finicky, very weak mm-hmm. plant.
0: And I've heard, speaking of like diseases affecting those crops, like I want to say that's been a real problem lately, hasn't it? Like I think so. I think I, I remember hearing something about that. All these um, the cacao the farms have, have been you know been affected heavily by disease and stuff like that in the plants. Yeah,
1: and we'll get in, I think we'll get into it a little bit later, but basically, um, the price of chocolate changes so drastically like there's like the chocolate market. And so the reason why chocolate doesn't taste the same these days as it used to is because they're using different um, like um, fats to like mm-hmm. make the chocolate different. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. It No, it, it does. And that's something I've talked... Because I've talked to some older people about this before. Um, I've never really noticed much of a difference. Of course, I mean, we're only 30. So, like, you know, hadn't really changed a whole lot since then. But I've talked to some older people that have told me that chocolate now does taste a lot different than it did when they were a kid.
1: Yeah, I actually work with a girl. um, Hi, Rachel. Um, she She used to work in a gourmet chocolate shop and she did... I didn't get to attend. I had another meeting, but she did like a little class on... Like, um, chocolate tasting notes and things like that. And it uh, she actually gave me a lot of rundown on how to make our, our own choffee Bar, which I want to do one day. But, like, about how the fats play such a huge role mm. in what the chocolate tastes like. Right. So, yeah, the fat... And, like, a lot of times the cocoa butter that comes from stuff like that will affect the flavor and we'll get into it hmm. um so yeah um on the other hand when conditions are perfect for the tree the seeds will sprout in a few days and the tree will start bearing fruit after only four years wow
0: that's really quick for mm-hmm. a, a tree
1: yeah i mean I, like i feel like it's like the perfect example of like humanity because it's like under poor conditions like we just gotta have the right conditions and we'll flourish it's pretty right. poetic anyways so the fruits are called pods and each pod contains around forty cacao beans. The beans are dried, roasted to create cocoa beans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, more into the history, the Maya drank chocolate as a fro- as frothy, hot, bitter drink. According to um, the two thousand year old recipe I'm about to tell you, mix the cacao paste with water. So you're gonna like grind it up, grind mm. the beans up into a paste. <clears throat> Um, and then you're going to add spices like chili peppers and then cornmeal. So you're, you'll pour then the concoction back and forth from a cup to a pot until it develops a thick foam on top. And then you'll sweeten it with honey or flower nectar.
0: Yeah. I remember actually studying, um, I was an anthropology, um, minor, minor in college. Um, and I've studied some of the, uh, Mesoamerican, uh, Tribes, so like the Mayans, the Aztecs, the stuff like that. So
1: <laughs> we're gonna get um,
0: into it. Yeah, I did uh, read up on some of this. This this spicy chocolate drink that the Maya I'm Mayans excited. used to
1: drink. I kind of want to cool. try
0: it. sounds cool. I mean, I'd be interested in it. I don't know about the cornmeal. That sounds weird. I
1: wonder if that's just like a thickening agent.
0: I bet it is. You know
1: what I mean? I don't know. Um So okay, so the Aztecs were then. They then discovered cacao when they gained control over the Mayans, and the chocolate drink turned into an upper class privilege. And with the Aztecs, um, it became a currency. Cacao became more like money. Like the
0: beans? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Huh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. And I think it's like a hen was worth like 20 cacao beans or something. Like, there's like, yeah, on the site that I got this from, there was like a conversion chart, and it was really cool. Okay, so in 1521. Hernan Cortez came from Spain and started "quote unquote" trading with the Aztec people. I say it that way because, in reality, what actually happened was Cortez overthrows the Aztec emperor Monte- Montezuma, mm-hmm. and then tells the Aztecs to give them their treasure or be killed. And the treasure also meant their cacao. So to keep up with the demand, then slavery of the Aztec is implemented, and we all know how that goes. Like. History repeats itself, you know? Mm. So it's not like, oh, let's trade. It's like a, hey, this is really good. We're going to come, like, quote, unquote, conquer you. Um, So once it's brought back to Spain, it spreads throughout the rest of Europe and becomes much, much sweeter. And the 1600s is when it was mixed with milk to make a much smoother drink. And for a long time, it was only for the elite. New machinery of the industrial age made it possible to create a solid chocolate and mass-produce this candy at a fraction of the original cost. For the first time, most of the general public could afford chocolate.
0: So that's where chocolate bars came from. So originally it was only consumed as a drink, really, mm-hmm. but it was cheaper to make it in a, a bar. hmm Yep. Huh. So it kind of puts like a different kind of light on, like, the old Willy, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like, all these, like, because they had, like, really poor people, but they had chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that was kind of what they those chocolate bars were made for was for mm-hmm. people, more people to afford them. Yep. <clears throat> Interesting.
1: So, um, cacao and sugar and the main ingredients of chocolate were obtained by Europeans and North Americans from plantations that they had established in the tropical countries, um from the 17th century forward so slavery right, right. basically yeah um, in 1910 William Cadbury yes that William Cadbury. Um, invited several English and American chocolate companies to join him in refusing to buy cacao from plantations characterized by the harshest working conditions. So basically, he was just like, hey, no, we're not going to buy from you if you have slaves and if you, like, treat your workers like crap.
0: So support Cadbury. Go buy Cadbury eggs because mm, they support...
1: I'm not saying um,
0: that. <laughs> yeah, self-sustaining farms and stuff like that. Like, they're anti-slavery, so... I,
1: yes, support Cadbury, but Cadbury eggs are a whole other bot Cadbury thing. eggs are delicious. Okay, whatever you say, sir. Whatever you say. Um, So that same year, 1910, a United States congressional hearing resulted in a formal U.S. ban on the importation of any cacao shown to be the product of slave labor. Hmm. So we can all thank William Cadbury for... um,
0: a multitude of things. Yes,
1: a multitude of things, I guess. I still won't eat Cadbury eggs. <laughs> Anyways, so in the 18th and 19th centuries, new machines and processes sped up the chocolate production and enabled, um, it made the ability to create a smoother and creamier chocolate, as well as solid chocolate. So, like, it's much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hydraulic press and the steam-driven chocolate mill... Um, Re, uh, relieved people from the labor-intensive process of grinding cacao. So, like, this was all done by hand up until, like like it says, 18th, 19th century.
0: Yeah, I just did that in the kitchen. Yeah, It's, it's not <laughs> incredibly fun. So, I can definitely see where a machine would be much more preferred to do this.
1: Right, so it obviously made um, the processing of cacao and the mass production of c- chocolate, like, explode. In 1828, a Dutchman, I can't say it. Casperus Van Houten Sr. invented the cacao press, which <clears throat> squeezed out the cocoa butter from the cocoa mass, so from the actual chocolate itself. Mm-hmm. So it allowed for the improvement of the chocolate's consistency, and it also permitted the separate sale of um, cacao powder.
0: Okay, so when he was able to actually just separate out that cocoa butter... Mm-hmm. That makes sense because it, they would have kind of more control over how it gets mixed in. Mm-hmm. So it would make like a better consistency.
1: Right. And then, yeah,
0: <clears throat> able being able to just sell that, just the raw powder, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would keep longer
1: mm-hmm. and be
0: a lot cheaper.
1: Yep. It's to, more stable than, than the fat, the butter that's yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So next, that's kind of like the history and like how we've, you know, kind of what's happened Um, so next making chocolate, step one, you clean it. So basically, um, the beans are passed through a machine. It removes the pulp from the fruit. Um, and then the pieces of the pot and all that other stuff is removed. And then the beans are weighed and blended according to probably the same stuff as like coffee beans, like size and like, yeah. So that's what I was just about to bring
0: up. So it's a lot like coffee then. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's the fruit. You don't really eat the fruit part Mm -hmm. of it. You, it's mostly you're looking for the seed that's inside that fruit. Yeah. And that's what the cocoa bean or the cacao bean is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Is that seed, like the pit yep. of the fruit. And there's a
1: lot in them. It's almost like pomegranate. Right. Yeah. Um, Only and they're,
0: if I, if I remember correctly, they're like long, long and skinny. Mm-hmm. They we,
1: look like um, jackfruit or like, they're not as big as that, like papayas, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then the inside is like white with little black... Or, you know, little beans inside there. Yeah. So, so after cleaning is roasting, much like uh, coffee. So, to bring out the characteristic chocolate aroma, the beans are roasted anywhere from 30 minutes to 2 hours at around 250 degrees. Hmm. So, then the shell of the uh, cocoa bean is removed. So, the beans are cooled quickly and their thin shells, which have become brittle by roasting, are removed. A giant winnowing machine passes the beans between serrated cones, so it's almost like a coffee grinder, Mm -hmm. um, so that they are cracked rather than crushed. In the process, a series of mechanical sieves separate the broken pieces into um, into large and small grains while fans blow away the thin and light shells from the meat or nibs. So these are more like shell pieces of coffee nibs are
0: right so this is kind of what gets back into what i was talking about earlier with these cacao nibs so cacao nibs themselves are the the cocoa beans that have been um the the fruit's been removed they've been roasted they've been shelled and they've been kind of cracked open a little bit so Mm -hmm. they're like little pieces Mm -hmm. it's not quite ground up but they're they're pretty coarse pieces and they're usually more
1: like of the outside like mm -hmm. the shell kind of like the shell with a little bit it's yeah yeah Okay, so um, the shells are, like, removed and all this stuff. Anyways, the nibs are then ground. So the nibs, which contain about 53% cocoa butter, pass through refining mills and are ground between large grinding stones or heavy steel discs, creating a cocoa paste. The paste is subjected to a hydraulic pressure. And the cocoa butter flowing out is a pure, valuable fat with a marked aroma. After filtering and purifying, it looks very much like ordinary butter, and it is amazing. Cocoa butter, they have, they sell it at Dollar General. They have just a stick of cocoa butter.
0: Just pure cocoa butter? Mm-hmm,
1: that you can buy. And huh. it's like in stick form, and it smells, I think it smells fantastic. My sister can't stand it, but yeah, it's really, really, and it's really good for skin care. A lot of uh, stuff is made with cocoa butter
0: but can you eat it? Uh
1: probably not. I mean, you can eat just plain cocoa butter, but probably not the stuff that I wouldn't recommend, stuff that's marked as like beauty because it probably has more preservatives and stuff in it than mm. is ingestible. But I don't know. Um so the cocoa butter not only forms a uh, part of every recipe, but it also later gives the chocolate its fine structure, beautiful luster and delicate attractive glaze. So, mm. the heat generated by grinding caused the cocoa butter or fat to melt and form a paste known as, um, like a liquid or a paste called as chocolate liqueur. So, at that point, you could probably eat it. Right. Yeah, you could probably eat it. and.
0: So, this chocolate liqueur, this is just when it's ground up and the, the fat just mixes in with the ground up cacao nibs It's. from the heat of the grinding.
1: Mm-hmm. And huh. um, also, fun fact, uh, white chocolate is... Mostly cocoa butter. Really? Yes. At least originally how it's supposed to be now. It's probably not a lot of... It's like cocoa butter and another type of fat. Like solidifying fat. So it just doesn't have
0: the, the actual cacao mm-hmm. nibs in there.
1: hmm Okay, so... <clears throat> then, step five, the <laughs> cocoa is separated from the cocoa butter. Up to this point, the manufacturing of cocoa and chocolate is identical. The byproduct of cocoa... Co- uh... Cocoa butter is the essential component of chocolate. About 25% of the weight of most chocolate bars. So 25% of your chocolate bar is cocoa butter. Okay. Yeah. Um, To make cocoa powder, chocolate liqueur is pumped into a hydraulic press. Another one, I'm assuming. And when the pressure is applied, 80% cocoa butter is removed. The fat drains away, and through uh, metallic screens, a yellow liquid is then collected. Or as a yellow liquid. So yeah, that's how you make cocoa powders. You just from that paste, you just press a little bit harder, and most right, of the you fat just is kind mission. of
0: push it out, mm-hmm. push the the cocoa butter out of it, and so where all that's left is just the the c- ground up cacao nibs.
1: Mm-hmm. And then next step is adding other ingredient ingredients to the chocolate liqueur. So milk chocolate is made by adding milk, duh, milk and sugar, and then some cocoa butter, um, and then other ingredients to take. Um, To like make the take the bitterness away which is kind of the point of the sugar so at this point then for milk chocolate chocolate is prepared according to like the individual company's recipes um and then the last step is conching machines need the chocolate paste so this process process develops flavors and changes the texture during controlled temperatures It's the last and most important refining process. This allows the separate flavors of the individual ingredients to combine. Conches are equipped with heavy rollers that plow back and forth uh, through the chocolate paste, anywhere from a few hours to several days. Wow. So, yeah, like once you mix everything together with the chocolate liqueur, that little chocolate paste stuff, like Mm -hmm. in your milk, your sugar, then you put it in this uh, conching machine. So additional cocoa butter is then added, which helps to achieve the like smoothness and stuff like that. Um, And then it says a soft film of cocoa butter begins to form around each of the extremely small particles. So it's almost like the cocoa butter goes back to the cacao nibs and like, it's really interesting. Hmm. Um, So it dissolves meltingly on the tongue. It has attained the outstanding purity, which gives it its reputation. The last stage of conching Swiss Swiss or Belgian chocolate is a, is that huge paddles roll slowly through great bats of chocolate. Like, mm-hmm. it's really cool. You can find videos on YouTube. Um, so, at this point, if you're not going to, like, temper it, so, like, if you're just going to have, like, a Hershey chocolate bar, um, I don't think Hershey snaps. Do do Hershey snap?
0: hmm Do a they? A little bit. That it's not... It's not as much now that I think about it. Okay. I've never really paid much attention to it.
1: So, tempering is basically what gives chocolate its snap.
0: So, it makes it like a little harder. Mm -hmm.
1: So, this thickens the chocolate and imparts the right flow properties for Mm -hmm. filling the molds. So, um, basically... It's like cooling it slowly. It's like heating it and cooling it slowly, I I think. Um,
0: Slowly or quickly? Let's
1: see. This complex operation is formed in the tempering plant and is necessary to give the final chocolate product a delicate composition. Um, The storage life is also increased this way. The still-warm, conched chocolate is placed in a tempering machine so that it can be slowly and steadily cooled. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Cooling chocolate at a fixed rate keeps the flavor from being compromised and prevents separation from... um, When the chocolate is poured into the molds. Proper tempering also results in a silky sheen and a snap when it's broken.
0: Right. So it gives it like more body and makes it harder. So it's a lot like metal, honestly. Um, Like when you're doing blacksmithing, like you have to, you get it super hot, you know, obviously to like get the metal to where you can manipulate it and get it into your shape. But then while it's still hot, you like dip it into oil To, like, cool it down, Mm -hmm. and that's what's called tempering.
1: Yeah, except with this one, it's done slowly, and with metal work, it's done more quickly. Right. But, yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, that's the history of chocolate and how you make chocolate. Which, chocolate, I had no idea until I started researching this, just how complex making chocolate was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was easy, but I didn't know that it was... I mean, eight involved. steps. Yeah. I mean, even just one of these steps, like, just mixing it together can take several days mm-hmm. in the conching machines. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious... I would be curious if there are chocolate factories that you can tour. Like... I'm sure there are. I've been to... Well, I haven't been to Hershey, Pennsylvania, but I've been, like, right outside of it. So, you could probably tour, like, the Hershey plant, right? Probably. They probably don't give away their recipe. And anyways... No, I'm sure they not yeah, I'm, I'm just curious... Anyways, it's really interesting to me. Um, So, the facts of chocolate. Would you like to know some interesting facts?
0: Yeah, tell me about
1: it. Okay. According to a 1993 article in the journal um, Biochemist, processed chocolate broken down into its chemical elements show an undetectable amount of caffeine, which I think we all knew, like, chocolate has caffeine in it.
0: I mean, yeah, but but it says it's undetectable. Have, but obviously, it's not because they detected it.
1: It's because I think it's I think what this is saying is that um, its chemical composition is so similar.
0: Oh, so they're saying that the chemical elements, yes, have caffeine, but it's not enough to actually.
1: Right, I think do that's anything. what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I think, and this goes into my next fact. So scientists suggest that theobromine and other chemicals found in cacao. Do act as mild sexual stimulants. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah,
0: so like aphrodisiacs. Now, I've heard that chocolate is an aphrodisiac mm-hmm. before, but I didn't realize that it was like on that chemical level. I just thought it was... I Honestly, I just kind of thought it was a hoax that it was just like because people like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know. So there
0: is like an actual chemical reaction there. Yep. That's crazy.
1: Um, chocolate contains high quality antioxidants that can protect you from developing cancer and heart disease. Heck yeah. I'm going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> High quality. That's, antioxidants. That's good to know.
0: So eat more chocolate to prevent heart attacks. Yep.
1: Heck yeah. Okay. Is your chocolate bar airier than usual? The price of cacao is soaring and candy makers are stretching ingredients by adding air. They say the chocolate is creamier with fewer calories. You can actually sell that. <laughs> huh. So yeah.
0: Oh like, man, that's that's so not cool. Well,
1: it's it's exactly what Yo YoPlay did in the '90s with YoPlay whips
0: because they I mean, just like
1: incorporated air into their yogurt.
0: Yeah, but it actually like <laughs> does something.
1: Like people
0: people enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want my chocolate to be just less just because they're trying to save money.
1: No, I need, like, I, for me, my pre- my preferred chocolate is dark chocolate. Um, So, like, 80% cacao. No, I don't like yes. all that. Like, I like,
0: like, the regular, mm. like, Hershey's dark chocolate or something like that. Or just, like, normal dark chocolate. But none of this, like, 80% high percentage yes. cacao. I don't like those.
1: Yes, it's so good. So good. Okay, so Quakers in England hope to persuade the poor by giving up... Uh, to uh, to give up drinking alcohol in favor of the healthier chocolate drink. Later in colonial America, it's a Quaker, Milton Hershey, who developed one of the most famous chocolate brands worldwide.
0: Huh.
1: I didn't realize he was a Quaker until I did this.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it makes sense because the, a lot of that region is. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like where they, they landed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize that it was... So they were trying to use this to get people to stop drinking alcohol.
1: Yes. But, okay, hear me out. Have you ever had wine and chocolate? I mean, come on. That's a match made in heaven, right?
0: Yeah. So I mean, good. It's, it is good.
1: And apparently there is a chocolate wine, which, well, I say apparently as if we haven't tried it. It was horrible. I was not a fan. Chocolate wine? I
0: don't remember that.
1: It's like red wine mixed with chocolate milk, essentially. That's what it tasted like. It was horrible.
0: Oh, that sounds terrible. I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> it was really bad. Okay, um, chocolate makers use forty percent of the world's almonds and twenty percent of the world's peanuts. Huh. Um. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Like, I love almonds. I would just eat almonds.
0: Yeah. So, like, almost half of the almonds are just put into chocolate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the and then you can get into like the whole like almond butter thing too. Like you could do like chocolate and almond butter. I don't know. Like and then you have like that chocolate hazelnut spread. What is it? Uh Nutella. Nutella. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um 17,000 people in Belgium. That's one in every 200 workers are involved in the making, selling or promotion of chocolate.
0: Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot. Yeah. But I mean, I guess there's a reason why Belgian chocolate is like so famous. Mm-hmm. So
1: I that's remember we had a, a friend in high school, um, a German exchange student, and she brought German chocolate, mm. and it was so good. So good. I know that's not Belgium, but, like, chocolate from Europe is very, very good.
0: Right. They know what they d- they're they doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, in most cases, they've been doing it for a long time of, of whatever it is, just because they're so much older. So. They've yep. kind of perfected a lot of that stuff.
1: Right? I kind of want to make this coffee drink, though. Or, like, not this coffee. This um, chocolate drink. The Mayan. Yes.
0: Hot chocolate.
1: Spicy. Because what is that abuelita the yeah
0: so like mexican hot chocolate or it's so good Hispanic hot chocolate or whatever yeah it's it, it is it's got like a little bit of spice to it it's so good.
1: good i really like we it. need to
0: get some more of those those are pretty good
1: and like it's really cool abuelita is sold in like little discs and so you just plop the disc in like hot milk
0: it. yeah so for those of you that have never done it it's, so it's really cool it's you make hot chocolate with it but it's just like it's just a little like she said a disc of chocolate. It's like a little chocolate bar that you put in the bottom of a cup and then you mix in hot water or, or hot milk.
1: Milk if you're doing then, it properly. And then,
0: <laughs> you know, just mix that up until it's all melted in and, and mixed together. Um, it's really good, but it's also got some, some little spices in there. Definitely um, cinnamon. Yeah, it's got like cinnamon and I don't know if it's got a little bit of chili or something like that. But it's, it's, it's so just good. got it like a, just a little bit of a kick to it, but it's really good.
1: Yeah. We should definitely make this chocolate drink.
0: Yeah, I want you try that sometime.
1: And I do, I don't know if I would do the cornmeal in it. I mean, I think we should do, like, the authentic.
0: Yeah, we'll find a good recipe for it.
1: And then so. do, like, like maybe skip the cornmeal, but keep the honey. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> we'll see. Updates to follow on that if we actually go through with that.
1: Oh, we're um, doing it.
0: But, yeah, so that's, that's called, do you have anything else nope. about chocolate?
1: That's pretty, I talked a lot. There was a lot of information in there.
0: And there was a lot this, but I mean, other than that, there wasn't really. I didn't really know a whole lot about it, so.
1: So, what is your um, favorite chocolate bar? Ah. Uh, that you've ever had.
0: It's I don't know. It's kind of a hard, a hard choice. Um, I really like the Milka bars. They're really good. Oh, the yeah, chocolate's like really super good. smooth and great. Mhm. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to pick for me.
1: Yeah i've had a lot of chocolate over the years
0: yeah i did have the one from from aldi they have one coffee coffee and cream chocolate bar it was like milk chocolate
1: no it was white chocolate on top of like coffee flavored chocolate yeah so like the bottom of it
0: is like this chocolate um
1: it was a coffee bar
0: yeah it's it's basically (laughs) just like a coffee chocolate bar and then there's like white chocolate on top of it it was so good
1: that was very Um, good
0: but, I mean, I just like chocolate in general. I don't know. So, it's kind of hard for me to pick. I
1: don't know. I really, so, like, I do, you know this. I do this, like, um, chocolate concoction where I dip dark chocolate in goat cheese with my wine. hmm Like, I drink it with my, or I eat it when I drink my wine. It's so good, and I would highly recommend our listeners to try it out. If you like both of, if you like all of those things together, or, I mean, separately, try them together. Mm-hmm. They're so It's so good.
0: Yeah, the flavors go together really well.
1: But yeah, favorite chocolate bar, I don't know. Lately, I've been on, like I said, a dark chocolate kick. So 70%. No, I think the one I have out there is 80% cacao. Anyways, it's really good. I think I'm going to go get some.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't. That's that's really all we've got. This is a little shorter episode than usual. Um, I guess this will make but up. But it first. was fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Just, this will make up for our Star Wars episode that ran over by a lot. So, <laughs> um,
1: <clears throat>
0: thank you guys for listening. We're so glad you guys joined us um, this evening. Um, so again, we were talking about chocolate, and our coffee of choice th- uh, this evening was
1: Lavazza with
0: Lavazza crema with cacao nibs ground up. Um, to, Super to make good. it into a... Uh,
1: Highly recommend.
0: Chocolate coffee drink.
1: If you try it, let us know what you think. Yeah. And send us your chocolate recommendations.
0: Yeah, chocolate recommendations. Um, oh,
1: and coffee recommendations. Talking,
0: you know, discussion <laughs> recommendations, um, coffee recommendations, anything. You can email us at date shop at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we'd be happy to hear what you guys have to say.
1: We just um, want to hear from you guys, you know. It's lonely out there these days, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things
0: are a little crazy right now, so uh, hopefully we've been able to give you guys a little bit of entertainment to occupy yourselves while everybody's stuck at home. Um, but, again, thank you guys so much for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, you're we, Bart. Yeah, you're Sam. Uh, this is Date Night at the Coffee Shop Podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.